0: It's time for the Sharks Morning Skate with all the latest on San Jose Sharks hockey. We're on the road again in Florida, the San Jose Sharks here at Amaranth Bank Arena. Another new name for the same building that the, the Florida Panthers went to the Stanley Cup final in last year. Ended up uh, losing that to the Vegas Golden Knights. Drew Remenda, when you come to this building, uh, you think about a lot of things. You think about a lot of history of empty seats, a lot of history of ups and downs, and finally they they get things together last year under coach Paul Maurice, go to the finals, and I understand that the early going this season, there are a lot of excited people in Florida about this hockey
1: team. It wasn't that long ago, Danny, we were coming here two years ago, and there was a lot of empty seats, and you know the one magical cure for that is winning, and you know, last year I remember it was late in the season, and we, you and I, had a wonderful conversation with Paul Maurice, who is one of the more articulate, thoughtful, insightful, deep thinkers uh, behind any bench in the National Hockey League. And he had told us about how hard training camp was, and and how he was had to try to get the guys to change the way they they played. They had had a great season the year before, but got knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. He comes in, and tried to get them to form a new identity, and it was hard work. And he talked about that, but he thought they were starting to catch on. And then last year they did what they did, get right to the Stanley Cup Finals, um, knock off the Boston Bruins, knock off the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, and, and did it in amazing fashion. You know, Matthew Kachuk, who's the big driver there, and Barkov, and Bobrovsky comes back, and all of a sudden he's the old uh, Bob. You know, it was a, a great run but Vegas was Vegas right but when you look at what the the template they have set you know we've talked about that before that foundation they have built maybe this is the start of years of success for the Florida Panthers
0: well what i'm looking at is what he was talking about this morning and that is the Florida Panthers are an unbelievable practice team that they work very very hard in practice that's really spearheaded by Alexander Barkov, who, in my opinion, is one of the most interesting players to watch in the NHL. He's sort of the Eastern Conference's version of Anjay Kopitar. Size can do everything in all three zones, always in position, always doing the right thing on the ice. Just a real superstar player. But that's the, the basis of, of actually becoming a really good team when it really, really matters. And I want to swing that back to the San Jose Sharks because yesterday David Quinn had them in an hour and 12-minute practice session that started off a little bit slowly. You and I were looking at each other, but all of a sudden things started to click a little bit, and it kind of reminds me of that Chelsea Pierce practice a year ago when the Sharks were 0-5 to start the year, and they ended up getting their first victory against the New York Rangers. Now, I'm not saying that history is all set up to repeat itself perfectly, but um, don't you think that, that with the progress that we have seen amidst the, the lack of winning, that the Sharks are poised to at least be in a, finally in a position where they can do something?
1: Yeah, my, my only concern is that David was driving most of that. David Quinn was driving most of that hard work practice. He had to, as you, we heard him bark a few times, trying to get the guys to pick up their pace and get things going, especially after that first draw. And um, by the sounds of it, from Paul Maurice, that he's got his players driving that. You know, the players are the guys that are going. Let's we got, we got to go. We got to go. We got to pick up our pace. Now, David has talked to that uh, that issue t- with us. That initially, in order to form that identity, which is so important, identity is that you know it, any changes becomes the style in which you play. It's it's how you. Prepare. It's how you approach every practice. It's how you approach every game. It's how you do for rest. It's what you do for nutrition. That's that's the identity. Some call it culture. I like identity. And um, when that forms, and when the players take over, then you become something more powerful than you know tw- just twenty-three guys. You
0: mean when the coach stops coaching when effectively? Coach,
1: when it when he becomes less important. It it can't always be about the guy behind the bench, and David talked to it. That initially he's going to have to push new guys, new system, or new players. A lot of new players, lots of things happening. So he's going to initially push, and then the players have to eventually take that over.
0: So last game, let's talk about this one so-called incident involving goaltender Mackenzie Blackwood. And after the game, Tomasz Hurdle pushed the envelope a little bit. He wasn't the only one, but the essence of the discussion was that there was a disappointment in the locker room because nobody stood up for the goaltender at that particular moment. My question is, well, whoever's asking that question, why didn't you do it? Exactly. But, but But the other part is... Is this? A, I don't want to say it's manufactured, but is this a, a way to kind of push the envelope? Because was that kind of making a mountain out of was kind of a molehill?
1: I think it is making a mountain out of a molehill. I do, but but you're right. It's manufactured by. I'm gonna say Coach Quinn because he talked about it. Because yesterday he said it was addressed. So yeah, it's a manufactured, but it it does set the the. The table for there are expectations on this team to stick up for each other. One thing that David mentioned yesterday to us was that that hasn't been a problem with this team. The guys have stuck up for each other. Philip Zadina. Exactly. That's exactly right. So, um, so I think David just wanted to underline it, highlight it, call it whatever you want, and say, "Hey, on this team, we back each other no matter what." But I always think those collisions with the goaltender, unless it's a guy running the goalie, is so man is so made up.
0: Well, Roman Yossi went over to him yeah, and said, yeah, "Listen, yeah, sorry, yeah, buddy. Yeah. I didn't mean okay. I didn't mean yeah. to do that." And and everybody was talking about about Forsberg. Yeah. To me, that was nothing.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and and Yosi wasn't didn't run through the crease no. and and take his legs out or give him an elbow or anything. He was taking the puck to the net. So I. I do think it's a little mountain out of a molehill, but it was a, I think it was a smart coaching move by David to take that opportunity to remind the, the, the players, hey, we are San Jose Sharks here. One goes, we all go.
0: What's interesting is, is how much behind the scenes always happens with coaches. The old story I always remember is Woody Hayes, the old football coach, used to actually walk into a meeting with the team and he's wearing uh, like a, a three-dollar watch, at which he, you know, picked up, you know, at some tag sale. Yeah. And he would go in there and he would throw a fit, and then he would rip the watch off and destroy the watch in front of the team. And the guys would be going, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like they, they, they he, and it was just a tactic. Yeah. How often in a in an eighty-two game season doesn't that sort of stuff have to happen to sort of jumpstart these guys?
1: Yeah, once you know, in a one thing about it is that the guys nowadays you have to be who you are as a coach you know if you're a good communicator you have to communicate and you can't just go all quiet if you are if you're a motivator you have to continue to motivate but you have to find ways to motivate motivation is not just cheering guys on you know one of the best lessons I ever got was from from Ray Whitney about stop cheering behind the bench we we hear you I don't we don't need that you know if once you're a cheerleader you're lost when you're behind the bench you have to motivation is finding what makes each guy tick, right? Finding what each guy, what what drives them. What's what's there's that one guy who talks to all NFL teams, I can't remember his name, but he asks, what's your why? What is your why? Why are you here? Why do you do what you do? And that's if, if you when you can answer that question, it's a great thing. So David, I think, is one of those guys. He's trying to push the guys to find their why. You got your own personal one and then as a collective, it comes together. I think David took it now. davids he's a very smart man. And when he sees an opportunity to try to push for something, he does it. Yesterday, hour and 12-minute practice, the guy stayed out, much like Chelsea Pier, and then they won, and they started to get their game together. And, you know, him barking yesterday early was the opportunity. Let's get on him about this.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting tonight against the Panthers who go with Anthony Stolarz, the legendary shark killer who has had some amazing games against San Jose. This is going to be his Panthers debut since joining the team. I think one of the decisions the Sharks have to make after the morning skate that's just starting now is whether they go with seven defensemen again or whether they decide to scratch somebody that uh, maybe be surprised that he's not playing. That could be interesting. I'd expect we probably will see Thomas Bortolo back in the lineup. We'll see if that transpires, but that's the way the practice looked yesterday. And I think it's going to be really exciting. We've got an extended pregame show starting at 4 o'clock on this frozen frenzy day in the NHL. That's it for the morning skate today you've been listening to the sharks morning skate make sure you're listening all season long to the latest sharks news and information right here on the san jose sharks audio network